0: (laughs) you may have to switch chairs we're tired (laughs) i know and you have the absolute squeakiest chair (laughs) known to humanity this is what happens when we are stuck in a hotel yes josh is now switching over to oh is that on wheels
1: i think so yeah
0: oh that's fun
1: in my own little corner in my own little chair
0: (laughs) josh is now sitting on a little booth thingy that's in our hotel room
1: just a real little bitty. Hang on. Ah, welcome back.
0: There, no squeaky. Yeah, now it sounds a lot better. <laughs> now you may only hear in our room, our fridge is making a weird noise, <laughs> and we can't get to it to unplug
1: it. This room is nicer. It's the same hotel chain, but this one looks yeah. like a completely different one.
0: It has a lot of updates to it compared to our last one. No toilet phone. And Mattoon, yeah. And... Most importantly, as you mentioned, there is no toilet phone.
1: (laughs) That was the first thing I looked at when we got out.
0: You know, this is one of the only hotel rooms I've ever had that actually has a hand pump soap.
1: Yeah. Uh, Instead of just a little bar.
0: Yeah. And it's not even a super nice hotel. It's just a normal Holiday
1: Inn Express. Mm Mm-hmm. Holiday Inn must be doing well.
0: (laughs) Well, evidently in this area, Josh and I are in a hotel in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, and this hotel is much nicer than the hotel we (laughs) stayed at last night. For some reason, that hotel was severely lacking.
1: Yeah, the hot tub was... Like, they had caution tape over the door, which yeah, probably a blessing. You know, if we had gone down there, we'd probably have, like, staff. Well,
0: this morning at breakfast, I noticed that they had, like, they were airing it out in there. To the pool room.
1: That ain't ever good.
0: Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know what happened in there. Someone
1: dropped a candy bar Mm. in the pool. (laughs) That's Whenever I see them closing down a pool, I'm like, oh, someone took a dump Mm -hmm. in the pool or
0: someone wasn't following all of the instructions yes
1: like if you've had diarrhea within the last 24 to 48 hours something Mm -hmm. like that don't get in the hot tub
0: you know my biggest thing when i stay at hotels is i love going into the hot tubs in the pool especially a good heated pool however i do not like to be in there if there are other people no especially kids No
1: offense if you have them i'm sure they're lovely (laughs) yeah. <laughs> not for me
0: yeah especially if they're making noise which they all always are yeah i just like to have a nice relaxing time in the pool but a lot of those rooms they put that they have those pools and they're not huge rooms and the kids and the people the noises are always echoing there's no type of sound dampening things on the walls Mm -mm. so it just gives me a quick headache and immediately i'm done with (laughs) it and i just want to go back to my room
1: over it yeah well and i think you've mentioned before that like just all the kids and everything in general just it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. yeah the whole time the kids are mom mom look 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 mom look and you're just like shut up yeah
0: i absolutely hate it
1: bless their hearts right
0: so in the last episode josh and i You heard from us. We were in Mattoon, Illinois.
1: It'll be two weeks for you guys, just yesterday for us. (laughs) Right,
0: yeah. We just left our hotel room earlier this morning, and we drove over to Charleston, Illinois, which is just a quick drive. It was very, very quick, actually, just right on the
1: highway. It's a cute little town.
0: Yeah. We drove over there, and... It was actually much, much quicker of a drive than what I imagined. Right. We stopped and grabbed coffee on our way. And before I could even drink it all,
1: we were there. Yeah, usually when I travel with you, like our destinations are at least a few hours in between each other. So you get like, you know, settled in and get your snacks and have a nice little drive. This time it was just like. 20 minutes, like, yeah, we're here. Yeah.
0: We didn't even have to charge to be able to get to our location.
1: I was able to go with no bathroom break whatsoever. (laughs) It was lovely.
0: (laughs) I know. So, I'm sure you all are wondering, what in the world type of mystery could be in Charleston, Illinois, that would draw the Waters Brothers (laughs) over there? And we're going to tell you. But first, I'm going to give you a little history of the area, because... You know, this might be a mystery podcast, but one of the things you're going to take away from it is a nice history lesson, because I love a good history lesson.
1: I will say before you get started in that, just traveling in the mystery machine. If you ever want to make, like, road travel better, like, get your car wrapped in a fun wrap, because Mm -hmm. people drive by you and you just see their phones and, you know, it just puts a smile on their faces. But then, as we both said when we were driving to our location today, like... They see the mystery machine. They know what we're going to yeah. this known haunted area. And they're like, well, what are
0: they doing? And also it sticks out beyond just being a mystery machine because of it being a Tesla. That's very rare to see Teslas in areas, especially one that's wrapped as a mystery machine. So <laughs> bright <it definitely>, blue. <laughs> yeah. And it has a custom license plate that fits the theme of the mystery machine. I'm not going to give everyone my license plate number. I say, don't say. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely fits. So uh, what's funny, though, is like whenever I'm driving around in the mystery machine Tesla, a lot of people will want to film or take pictures. And normally, if I'm stopped somewhere, people will come up and be like, do you care if I take my picture? This morning at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, a lady did it this morning. Not sponsored, but gladly will. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. We would gladly take a sponsor from a coffee shop. (laughs) it would save us a lot of money actually,
1: a lot and
0: hotels but anyway one of my favorite things though is when people try to do it discreetly and you'll see them like pop up their phone (laughs) like they'll be looking forward and you'll just see like them pop their phone up right at the bottom of the window (laughs) as they drive by and sometimes they'll drive by And then they'll slow down (laughs) and then they'll drive forward again on the highway. And I'm like, okay, dude, I know what you're doing. But then sometimes it's like, there I am, very awkward, and I don't know what to do. Because my back windows are, they have a cover on them, too, that says Mystery Machine. So you can see inside of the front two windows. but The back two windows you cannot see in. (laughs) So because you can see me. Whenever people take pictures or videos, I'm not really sure what to do with myself. (laughs) Yeah, so there I am just sitting there. Or sometimes if I'm waiting for people. I
1: just pick my nose every time. Every time. Well, when
0: I was at the rock shop place, that wholesale place with our audio engineer, like last week, it was actually here in Illinois. They were taking hours picking out rocks in this rock shop. Don't even get me started on this. Crystals and minerals. (laughs) Yeah. Shane calls them all rocks. So I had an hour's worth of it. I was done. So I went back out to the mystery machine and I started watching on Hulu in the car, the Golden Girls. And people kept coming up because I parked right out front. So people who were going into the shop were taking pictures of the car. Little did they know I'm inside watching the Golden Girls the entire time.
1: They're like, but, do I hear the Golden Girl?
0: Right. So, yeah. So, so that happens all the time. People do the videos and the, and the things, but I also will have people who will be with me in the car. And you forget, and I know that you have this problem, but you forget a lot that yeah, the car I go is to wrapped.
1: like flip them off or something. Cause, you know, <laughs> yeah. they come up and you're like, what's their problem? Or they yeah. honk at you. And, you know, your road rage starts to come out like, <gasps> How dare they honk at us? We weren't doing anything. And then you're like, oh, no, they're smiling and waving. It's the mystery machine. Yeah, My favorite is when it happened coming back from Gettysburg. A mom like sped up to keep up next to you on the highway and then rolled down our window. She's like filming it like, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you see her like teenage daughter start to come up. She had her seat back down (laughs) like, oh, my God, mom, you're so (laughs) embarrassing. But I'm like, I love it.
0: When I was in Gatlinburg just a couple of days ago, when I was driving around Cades Cove, I had stopped for a photo on one of the sites. And there was a guy who pulled over behind me. And he goes, I'm so glad you pulled over. I've been waiting for you to pull over. Do you care if I take a picture of your <laughs> car? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so it was just really funny. I'd mess with them. I'd be like, no. I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. No. But yeah, sometimes if I'm in the car and they're filming and stuff, I'm just sitting there like in the driver's seat like, just trying to look forward. have out
1: these front windows wrapped too. Right.
0: I just feel very awkward. Yeah. It's just, it's very funny.
1: But that's been our travels in the Mystery Machine today. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yesterday. As
0: Josh mentioned, when we go places, especially a place like Mattoon or Charleston, when... The locals know about these mystery cases that are there. I'm sure they see the mystery machine Tesla, and they know exactly why we are mm-hmm. in town. So we are searching around a cemetery looking for someone, and the people who run the cemetery see us, and they know who we're looking for, you know.
1: I heard a guy at the coffee shop even uh, on his way out. He was like, oh, there's the mystery machine. I wonder what they're here for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So as I mentioned, I'm going to give a little history of the area for Charleston, Illinois. The area was first inhabited by Native Americans who lived here for thousands of years prior to European settlers arriving to the continent. Josh, I mentioned before that one of my favorite episodes of hometown history was going to interview the Cherokee Nation in Cherokee, North Carolina, and in that Interview with them, the guy that I interviewed, he mentions that he doesn't call these people European settlers; he calls them invaders. Yeah. So I, when I was writing this, I thought European settlers slash invaders.
1: Yes. One of my podcasts that I listened to, she's from Eastern Asia, and mm. she calls them colonial white devils. <laughs> I yeah, love that's funny. it. the podcast you were on. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's I <love> funny. It. <laughs>
0: So the area was ideal because there was a huge tall grass prairie on one side, and to the other side was beech maple forests. And then in between, there were two rivers. This provided the Native Americans in the area access to a variety of resources. In that area, you'll find creeks today named to mark the sites of where those Native American settlements were, like the Kickapoo Creek. Okay. Yeah. I also did notice when I was looking on the map at the different creek names, one of those creek names was Indian Creek. And I was just like, well, they must not have been able to find the name of the Native (laughs) American tribe or something. How plain. When European settlers started moving into the area, they lived somewhat peacefully with the Native people. But that changed in the 1810s and the 1820s when poorly documented skirmishes started occurring between the two of them. Things were getting really uneasy and tense from then on until all natives were expelled by law from Illinois after the 1832 Black Hawk War. And by the 1840s all natives were gone from the area.
1: Did crazy. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Jesus. The Black Hawk War was a war that was fought with the Native American people. Okay. Yeah. Charleston was named for Charles Morton, and he was their first postmaster. Hmm. The city was established in 1831, and it was incorporated in 1865.
1: They really honored their mailman back then. I know. That's what I thought, too. I was like,
0: and it's well-documented, the person who first settled the area and they didn't name after him it was the postman (laughs) screw that
1: guy that this guy brought me my mail right that was more (laughs)
0: important he brought me the mail
1: (laughs) which you know well i guess that'd be like that was like their internet back then Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah i can see that
0: right i have a really big fascination with the history of abraham lincoln and i did a history episode with lincoln's boyhood home in Mm -hmm. southern indiana recently So when I discovered this, when I was looking at the history of the area, it was really fascinating. So I wanted to include it as well. But Abraham Lincoln's father moved into a farm out in the country, just outside of Charleston, just south of the city. Good gravy. You're
1: just following his footsteps.
0: (laughs) One of the famous Lincoln-Douglas debates was actually held here in Charleston on September 18th, 1858. This was when Lincoln was running for senator to represent Illinois. The debate was against the current incumbent senator. Lincoln last visited the area in 1859 when he visited his stepmother and his father's grave. Just a little side note. As of 2020, the census showed that there were over 17,000 residents in Charleston. However, though in 1980 there were 19,000 people, okay. so 2,000 more people resided in the area. Than mm-hmm. Between 2010 and 2020, I thought this was an important thing to notice or to note. They lost 20% of their population for some reason. I'm not sure why.
1: Hmm. Maybe like a important job closed down or. Very possible
0: things may have changed and people may have started going into the larger cities. Effingham is just south of Charleston and where our hotel is for tonight is just north. And that's Champaign and Urbana.
1: Yeah, Yeah. either a, a great move off or a great die off, one or the other. Right.
0: And Josh, I'll let you go ahead and take over our trip. To where this mystery happened.
1: Alrighty, today we are going to a bridge called Airtight Bridge, and it is located in a small village called Ashmore, which is in here in Coles County, and we are eight miles north of Charleston, and it was built in 1914. Even the bridge's name, Airtight, which locals say was given to the bridge because of the unnatural stillness encountered while crossing it, pays homage to the seemingly spectral forces at play. Well, on October 19, 1980, the body of a woman was discovered by the bridge without its head, feet, and hands. Two fishermen and eventually a farmer were the first to find her body, and it was found around 50 feet from the bridge. That was the day that retired Coles County Sheriff Daryl Cox says that he will never forget. A quote from him. I spent 36 years in law enforcement, and I never saw anything like it before or after. He was the officer who responded to the call when the body was reported. With it being around Halloween, though, he initially thought the call was just a prank.
0: It was just her torso that was found, right?
1: Yes. Her head, feet, and hands were all cut off. Mm. All they knew was it was a woman. Yeah. A further quote from him. I got here and two of my friends were on the bridge, and I recall them mentioning. "'Well, where's everyone at?' he said. I said, "'Oh, come on, this is probably a joke,' and I walked down to the bank where what I thought wasn't a body, obviously, at that point. And I got close enough and discovered that it was. I remembered looking up at them and saying, "'Yeah, you're right. I'm gonna need some assistance.' At first they thought it might've been someone local because this is a remote area. And whoever dumped that body had to have had some knowledge of where Airtight was. Furthering the quote from Cox, obviously we thought it might've been someone local because this is a remote area. And whoever dumped that body had to have had some knowledge of where Airtight was.
2: A detective came and knocked on the door. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me again in my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee?
3: Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: But that turned out not to be the case. The body belonged to Diana Small and was found four days after she last left her home in Kankakee, Illinois. She had recently gotten into a fight with her husband, Thomas Small, on October 15, 1980. He said that things became heated and he hit her in the head several times with a metal coal poker, which was later disposed of in a quarry. He said at first he placed her body in the attic of their home for a few days until it began to smell. He then took his wife's body and put it in the trunk of his car and drove down U.S. Route 45 until he came to the Embarrass River in Coles County. Once he found the right secluded spot, he proceeded then to cut off her hands, feet, and head, and threw them and her body into the river. All the while, the couple's two-year-old daughter was in the car the entire time. There were scuba divers that did go searching for the remains of like her head and feet and just anything else besides her body. I think they've done that several times, but nothing's ever been found from their attempts.
0: Did he say that he threw them in the river also?
1: Yes. I could not find out if exactly he the bridge is where he took her and dumped the body mm-hmm. or if it was downriver and she just washed down the river and the sure. bridge is where they found her. I couldn't... There wasn't any details on that part. Mm-hmm. Thomas claims that the location where he dumped her body was completely random. He said that he had no prior knowledge of the area or even knew that the bridge was even there.
0: The way that they talk about it, it honestly makes me think that he did go to the bridge and dump her body.
1: Right. I and, mean, and it, that was what it's I even found. a bridge, like it gives you a spot to like... Yeah. Cut. Well, the,
0: in the way that the detectives talk about during his trial when he does his confession it just makes me think that how he confesses it's that he goes to the bridge to dispose of the right.
1: body right and october's not generally known in in this area of the country to be a heavily rainy area and the river i mean mm-hmm. it's not a huge deep area right there so it's not yeah. like it's you know just constantly flowing yeah it would have been quite low so my guess is that the bridge is where he dumped her but i could not find out mm-hmm. to verify that for sure. Right. Even on our drive to the bridge, it gave us both the vibes that, you know, oh, if I wanted to get rid of a body, this is the way I would go. It was very rural with a gravel road and nothing but fields and forest. If we didn't know the bridge was back there, it almost feels as if you're driving along someone's like long driveway, like private property. Yeah. The road is very curvy. You don't even see the bridge until you're, like, right there in front of it. Like, you would have no idea that it was there. It just seems to me that that's odd that he would just happen to stumble across. Well, and when we approached it, we approached
0: it coming from Charleston, and that would have been approaching it from the south. Okay, So, knowing from their home... Which would have been from the north because they lived up closer to Chicago, and he came down forty-five. Yeah, so he probably approached it from the north, and that's how we left. Okay, so that would have even been a more random chance, and it was a lot to a curvier
1: me. of a route that way too. Yeah, after we left the,
0: I was. I, it's just hard for me to imagine that he just randomly came across that
1: area, right? I try to put myself in like what would yeah. be going through his brain. And
0: now, see, if it was modern time, like this is 1980, if it happened now, I would say, "Oh, he was using Google Maps and right. he looked for a good location that was secluded, where there was a bridge, and he thought no one he frequented had a map, the
1: area." Or Rand McNally, maybe, a paper but he map. didn't.
0: If he's doing all this confession. Why would he lie about that one small piece? Right, You know, and maybe he did, but...
1: it's Just a, an odd luck yeah. for a, a killer.
0: Yeah, it was just very, very strange. Josh and I have pictures of us driving out there too, so we'll make sure that we're posting them on social media. i got
1: a couple on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, it's just driving out there. You're like, how the hell did he... We even said going there, like, oh, he must have grown up in the area Mm -hmm. or like had been here swimming before.
0: Well, and in Charleston, there is a university. So I thought, well, maybe he has gone to the university. He had a friend or family member. So I thought maybe there was that type of connection where, you know, there was some type of visiting to the university. And that's why he knew of the river that went through the area.
1: Well, and I read that the bridge was a popular swimming area. Yeah, for the area it's really old i mean it's been there for a long time 1914 so yeah i mean i drove over and it like creaked i walked <laughs> over it about halfway through i was like they do say this bridge is haunted and uh-huh. but is up here walking on it so
0: you guys have to imagine as we started driving closer to the bridge in the middle of nowhere there's no houses <laughs> or anything around creaking well there was that car that randomly came by speeding. and they looked at us and they knew exactly why we were there. <laughs> There's
1: the mystery machine. The mystery machine Tesla. head to the haunted bridge. Yep. Yep. Well, back to the case. Diana Smalls was 26 at the time of her death and had a two-year-old daughter named Vanessa. As I mentioned, was in the car while her mother was thrown into the river. Diana's husband didn't file a missing report immediately for apparent reasons. He said that she often would leave when they would fight and stay with family for a few days so he didn't think anything of it when she didn't return home. But he knew already. One of her seven siblings did shortly after file a missing person report but nothing came of the first one. It didn't seem that the rest of her family pressed on the matter until 1992 when her sister Virginia filed a missing person report with the National Database of Missing Persons. Why did she wait so long, you might be thinking, because this was over 10 years after her sister had gone missing. Well, Diana's sister, Virginia, and her mother were out west somewhere in a religious cult and had no contact with the rest of the family for the better part of a decade. It wasn't until Virginia's sister left the cult and moved back to civilization, I should say, (laughs) and she sought out contact with her family and... Oh, no one's talked to our other sister, Diana, for a decade. No, maybe I should file a report. Yeah.
0: It's probably also one of those scenarios where everyone assumes that a report was already filed, that someone else already did it. Right. You know, like how they teach you if you're in an emergency situation, you don't just say, someone call 911. You need to point to someone and say, you call 911. Yes. Or not, everyone's no gonna, gonna, yeah, everyone will just assume that someone's gonna call 911. Everyone, and I feel like that would probably be the same scenario that everyone understands is under the same assumption that no one has seen her for so long, but everyone also believes that they've talked to the police. Right. I'm and sure they they're just, on it. Yeah, I'm sure that the police did a missing person's thing and, you know, that they did what they needed to do. And I think normal people don't know the certain things that detectives do to put missing people on those certain databases that there are. So, I wouldn't put fault on the family members for doing that whatsoever.
1: No, I wouldn't either. I wonder what cult it was. I'm not sure. I couldn't find out. It just said a a religious. Mm -hmm. I'm using the word cult. They said like a religious community. Mm. But we all... A religious community <laughs> out west where you can't talk to your family for all a decade. Right. That's a cult, honey. Honey, that's a cult. Where honey, you cult. Where have to give up all your money and
0: there's right. one man who runs everything. Right.
1: No deodorant. Mm. Uh, uh. You well, know they ain't washing their hands after the bathroom. Right. <laughs> well, we know all about them
0: cults because in our part of Indiana, where we grew up in, near uh, Muncie, uh, not far from there is Lynn, Indiana, which is where Jim Jones yeah, was born. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, Hoosiers. Yeah. You're either good or you're bad. Yeah.
0: And if you think I've never been to Lynn, Indiana, we, is that where, where we drove? Mistaken. Yes. That's that really <laughs> tiny town. Yeah. He was actually born in the micro town right next door, but it's a super tiny town. Like there's probably
1: like four homes in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Both you and I thought it was like the yellow house. I think mm-hmm. you were like, that one's giving me the. Yeah, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. (laughs) But
0: then he moved into Lynn, which is next door, slightly bigger town, but it's not very big at all. There's a Dollar General, but that's it. Yeah. And a little bitty water tower.
1: Well, not long after her sister Virginia called in and reported her missing, investigators got a hit off of Diana's details that matched that of a Jane Doe found at the airtight bridge. They were then able to collect DNA samples from Diana's parents, and her identity was finally confirmed. Even after, the family chose to keep her body at Charleston's Mound Cemetery for reasons unknown. Maybe her body's at peace in the ground. We don't want to disturb her. It could be a financial reason, too. It's very expensive to
0: bury people. Anyone who has gone through that loss knows of the expense. Right. And then you also have to take into account... That her husband is now going to be going to prison for murdering her. So, normally in that scenario, it's supposed to be her husband who is now supposed to be the one that figures out the financials in order to pay for those arrangements. So, you know, I can definitely see not wanting to bother her. Oh, yeah. She's at rest. And if people were nice enough and were able to provide her that resting place maybe that had something to do with it too
1: right well and uh, also she's passed away so she doesn't care it gets people to come visit her at her resting place i mean Mm -hmm. we we got us there yeah we paid our (laughs) respects yeah And also, we will
0: mention that she was a Jane Doe for a while, and so her stone did reflect that. It did have her unknown status on it for a long time Mm -hmm. until she was identified. After
1: 1992, so over mm -hmm. a decade, it had Jane Doe. Yeah, so they were able
0: to update her stone with her name and all of that information after she
1: was identified. I will say a fun fact that I learned while researching for this is that in 1984, there was a false confession by serial killer Henry Lee Lucas, who claimed that she was one of the hundreds of women he had murdered in a similar way. Hang on, I said serial and my Siri came up. <laughs> what issues do you have with your... <laughs> Jeez. Today, the bridge is easy to get to, but the seclusion you feel in the drive only increases the eerie factor once you get there. You drive down the windy gravel road, hidden between trees and random doomsday prepper-looking camping areas. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) When you finally see it, knowing that Diana's body was found in such a horrible way, it honestly almost brings a tear to your eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on your drive there, if you ever are in the area and drive there, if you get to a hand-painted, hand-spray-painted, camouflaged camper, and it looks like a... Walking Dead Doomsday Prepper Camp. You're almost there. (laughs) Right. So on March 2nd, 2017,
0: that's when her husband, Thomas A. Small, pleaded guilty to first-degree murder. He was 70 years old when he was arrested for her murder. His home at the time was in, I'm going to mispronounce this name, I'm going to call it Kankakee. Kankakee. He was 70 years old, living in Kankakee, Illinois. And I looked up on the map how far away that is from the bridge. It's 125 miles, two hours south it would take him to get to Charleston at to the airtight bridge. Yeah. The town that they were living in is just south of Chicago.
1: Like her husband drove a while with her in mm-hmm. the car and his daughter.
0: Yeah, and... That is important to me because of a statement that he made that I'll talk about in just a moment. But I thought it was also telling that when the detective showed up to his house to arrest him, he said to them that he knew the day would come when he would be charged with the murder. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I I read that when he finally confessed. It was like mm-hmm. with a sense of relief almost. Yeah.
0: When interviewed in 1992, the sheriff said that Small came close to confessing. However, he did not do it back then.
1: Yeah, they believed it was him the whole time, but they just Mm -hmm. didn't have anything to put on on him.
0: Yeah. He confessed to murdering his wife, dismembering her body, then disposing of her remains in Coles County, as Josh mentioned. Coles County is the county that Charleston is in. And it's the same county that I had mentioned that Lincoln's dad is also buried in just south. Smalls ended up getting sentenced to 30 years for her murder, which I didn't think that was. I know. That's, but seemed, at
1: 70, I mean, that's a death sentence. That's true. But I mean,
0: it was such an absolutely
1: horrible
0: right. murder. That's the thing is like the, just the extent of it. Is crazy to me.
1: Murder and mutilation, 30 Mm -hmm. years that don't add up.
0: During his confession, I just wanted to go over one more time because I thought it was really important. And I wanted to go over it because of something I want to say about it, of just an opinion I wanted to give. So, Smalls said that he murdered her during an argument that they were having in their home at the time they were living in Bradley, Illinois. And the argument had happened on October 15th, 1980. Mm -hmm. Four days before she was found. Mm -hmm. Small had confessed that he hit Diana in the head several times with a coal poker. He then threw the coal poker in Bird Park Quarry. It was never located by divers, which I highlighted because I thought that was interesting. He then put her body in a blanket and put her in the attic. After two days, the body started to smell. So he placed it in his vehicle and started driving south on U.S. Route 45. He stopped at the river that we're talking about in Coles County. At the river, he cut off her head, feet, and hands, and then threw her torso into the river. And as Josh mentioned, if the daughter is inside the car... And there is that smell already in my mind. I just in no scenario could I imagine like that. A loved one would go through the process of dismembering someone. Right. You know, okay. If he confesses that he flipped out and hit her with a poker, it was an accident you call the police right you don't then try to cover it up well and then you cover it up but then he goes to the extent of this extreme right dismembering so i mean it's it's that
1: shows he's having like you know sound not sound of mind because obviously he's cutting someone's freaking head off right but, you know that means he's thinking enough to where he's like okay you know i oh it's i gotta over drive i gotta hide it i gotta do this yeah. like he's came up with this plan probably
0: yeah Oof. it's just as very to me out of character of someone
1: who did something as he says as an accident i couldn't find anything about his life prior to Mm -hmm. this like if he was in the military or you know i couldn't find any Well, bless his heart you can find a picture of him yeah i don't think he had the the vision in the military bless him him. you can look around the corner looking straight ahead bless his heart well and I i ain't making fun i'm just describing yeah just describe you sound like our grandma i'm not making fun i'm just painting a picture Uh
0: no but seriously when you look at a photo of him it does make me feel like he may not be all there and that makes me wonder if maybe he (laughs)
1: <laughs> would you quit laughing i'm trying to think of how to make this sound you, you the most said he may not be there no he may there. not be all there and the first thing that i thought was he's over there where he's looking <laughs> oh my gosh Sorry. good god
0: <laughs> please don't cancel us for josh's inappropriate comments hey
1: i am not making fun i'm just
0: well and if he wouldn't do horrible things to people then we would right. make fun of him you know
1: there's not many people we can make fun of these days but i feel yeah. like a white, cis, straight murderer is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me, we, everybody, anybody. Mm-hmm. If You feeling bad about yourself? Let's make fun of these people. Right.
0: But I did feel like, I don't know, there was just some inconsistencies. And I don't know if maybe he was being dishonest about it was an accident. And maybe he does have some anger issues. And it was way more than just it was in the spur of the moment type of thing. And that's why I feel like there's more to the story. Right. But I just can't, the the idea of someone accidentally hitting someone with a poker and then going through the extreme over several days of dismembering and then disposing, like dismembering. Right. That is, takes. Is, it's just so weird to me.
1: I mean, just in my experience growing up, I've killed like ducks and chickens, and you know having to dismember a dead duck and you know cut its mm-hmm. head off like that, I had to like pause for a few minutes and make you know like just just do uh, it, just do it and it even, was a duck, I couldn't even eat meat on a bone right, right. Uh. I mean, I mean, these people are doing it to you know. I mean, he was just married to this woman, mm-hmm. and uh, days before they were yeah, married children together. Right? Come on now, she's in the car. Can I tell you though, as
0: you were describing that only her torso was found and that he had cut off her hands, feet, and head. As an aside,
1: complete aside,
0: do you remember when I used to do that to your Barbies
1: when yes. we were growing? <laughs> and eat eat my chapstick. I ain't bitter though. Hey, now you remember that? I'd go to use my cherry chapstick, and I would, you know, I've always been a queer child. I was a queer child, queer as hell. (laughs) I couldn't use lipstick because I was a little boy, and so I would always use chapstick because that was my like, oh, I'm a girl too. I gotta use Mm -hmm. lipstick, and I'd go to use it, and Shane wouldn't use it. But he'd roll it, it up and eat it. Good. It was the cherry. It, it
0: was delicious. I didn't like to use that on my lips, but it tasted good.
1: I'd go to put it on.
0: There'd be two teeth marks in it. I'm well, like, yeah, are you crazy? <laughs>
1: it's my but lipstick.
0: There was, Josh went with my grandma one time. And I, ha- I have such a good memory of this. Well, he went with my grandma one day. I don't remember where you guys went. But anyway, they were gone for a while. And I had a couple toys that I was playing with. And they were X-Men. I remember that. And I was playing over by the fire. We had uh, the far. A far, yeah, as my grandma called it. We grew up with Southern. a wood
1: burning stove.
0: Mm-hmm. And it had like rocks around it and stuff. So I would play with my X Men around it. And Josh had these Barbies and horses. Well, as in every. My X-Men, family said they
1: didn't know. Right. <laughs>
0: and as with every X Men movie that you've seen, there's always a damn zone distress. Oh, yeah. So I had to go borrow one of Josh's Barbies for my damsel in distress. So I went and picked out the prettiest Barbie because it was always the prettiest girl in the movies. And I was, we were really
1: young. Like this wasn't like last year or something. And I kept, like, I wasn't one of them kids that drew on my Barbies. I like brushed their hair and braided it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I pulled out
0: his prettiest little Barbie. And (gasps) unfortunately, Cyclops had a little uncontrollable accident with his eyes. I ain't better. And she was uh, had had an accident, she, so she got a little crispy. Well, she lost her parts, mm-hmm. and so we had a little funeral for her.
1: That was dramatic enough, and these people do it to real life. Well, used to be real life people.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, dismembered Josh's Barbie, and so Josh comes home, and he, I didn't tell him. But he saw that his Barbie I swear, like he was he went like straight to his
1: room and I always know when anything's been moved.
0: Yeah. And he saw that his Barbie was missing. And he's like, I don't remember what that Barbie's name was. But he's like, Where's Susie? <laughs> and I was like, She died. There's
1: Empress Buttercup. <laughs> <I> <laughs> she did. Like,
0: she died. And he's like, Where is she? And I was like, She's buried by the tree at behind the house.
1: I think the most scarring thing that happened to us as kids that I can remember as like little was when we, you remember when we had hamsters Mm -hmm. and I had a little tiny teddy bear or a little dwarf hamster and he had a teddy bear hamster, which was like twice the size of mine. And we came home from school one day and my little tiny hamster had eaten the face off of his hamster. (laughs) And we're like, Oh, he's sleeping. And then we look closely and, yours is dead without his face and neither one of like we didn't want to sleep in that room like we were like mm-hmm. we were done with hamsters we're like i ain't touching it right and, eats, uh-uh. and that was the last pet shane ever had. <laughs> <laughs> i have dogs and fishes and chickens at a couple points i think now i see it. this is what happens
0: when we get off track i forget where we were mm-hmm
3: Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: How he had dismembered
0: her body. Yeah, because that's why we were talking about the Barbie. So another thing that I wrote down during the trial, he was represented by a public defender. And the public defender mentioned after the trial that... His crime had been weighing on him for a long time, so he was ready to admit it. And then the prosecutor said, obviously, he got away with this for a long time. But with the sentence today, he is not going to see the light of day. My heart goes out to the victim and her family. And then the victim's daughter said she never imagined her dad could have murdered her mom. Then she's quoted as saying, he never gave me a reason to suspect him. I love him for raising me, but I hate him for taking my mom. People who know me understand. I thought that was very interesting. And, you know, I can't blame her for that because, first of all, I can't imagine being in her shoes. Unfortunately, his decision and his actions put her in a bad situation where he stole her mom from her and he also took away her dad exactly i definitely get that in one of my early podcast interviews i did for foul play a long time ago i was interviewing uh, the sister of a murder victim and it was an unsolved case and we were talking inside of a subway actually (laughs) oddly (laughs) enough we were talking about a lot of things and she said one of the hardest things i think that would happen If this case is solved, we'll be watching the suspect's family have to go through what we went through when we learned that our loved one was ripped away from us Mm -hmm. because it will rip their loved one away from them. Yes, they can go see them or talk to them in prison, but it's not going to be the same. No, you know, their actions not just ripped away their loved one from them. But their actions will rip them from their loved ones. That comment has always stuck with me. That there's always much more uh, beyond just the action that took place that day. It's I'm
1: trying to think of the word a domino effect. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> I was literally about to say like a ripple effect <laughs> it, one act of murder. How it has impacts on so many lives mm-hmm. outside of it, and for not just. That one generation for generations to come.
0: Yeah. Well, you could also look at it like this that we would never have gone to that town if his action that day didn't happen. Exactly. Was and
1: over 40 years later. And- yeah.
0: And then now you at home are listening to us tell a story about us visiting the town where he did this horrible deed and dumped her remains in a river just because he tried to get away with it.
1: I do have just one more quote. Yeah. It is from Chief Deputy Tyler Helene, who was one of the investigators who worked on the case, one of the ones who got small to confess to the murder 37 years later. He said that solving this case was one of the highlights of his career because he could bring the family closure. Justice was done. He's paying for his crime, he said. The family has got closure, and so does the community. We know that it wasn't someone that lives here in Cole's County or someone local that committed a murder. So that's something I didn't even think about the locals the whole time. Like, oh my God, anybody in our town, someone, anybody could be a, a killer, mm-hmm. a murderer. I didn't think about like the breath of fresh air that even the locals in the town. And this was just when was he arrested? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, March 2nd, 2017. Yeah, so I mean, this was just a few years ago that they were finally able to be like, oh, okay, Ooh, we can let the kids play outside now yeah. again. And it's
0: also really important because at the time, all the locals seemed to think that it had to be a local that did it just because of where the bridge was. That seemed to be a place that only locals would have been able to know about. Right. And I mean, I we could vouch for that because... Us driving through the area would have never no. in our mind. It was look for it. It was so way rural. out of the way.
1: Even like if I didn't know that was the way, if I were driving out that way and it turned from a paved road to a smaller gravel road, I'd be like, "Oh, ain't going that no, way." No, I don't go on gravel roads. <laughs> right, nothing down that way that I need. I've seen no. Deliverance. I don't need a. <laughs> the hills have eyes, and I have two legs going this what? way. You know, <laughs> <laughs> The Conjuring. No yeah. Nice. Uh-uh. No. I'm not exactly. one of those, you know, nosy, like, oh, let me go explore this. I've seen too many horror movies. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh-uh, if it's questionable, bye. Right. Meet me. <laughs> <laughs> My friends call me the road runner. <laughs> Right. No, I'm exactly with you.
0: Same thing. Well, Josh, we could go ahead and start the Unmasked episode. Yeah.
1: Everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of Mystery Inc. Yeah, if you
0: guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or by leaving a
1: rating on Spotify. On our next episode, we will be back at the studio and bringing you two more mysterious cases. All right, well, let's go ahead and start the Unmasked. Bye.